0: Greetings, my name is Mike Grain. Welcome to another edition of the podcast focusing on on shelf availability, sponsored by the Walton Supply Chain Center at the University of Arkansas. Today we are excited to have Barbara Chase with us. Barbara is a longtime professional in the on shelf availability area within the industry. She's currently vice president of global sales for Retech or Symphony AI. We talked to her about leveraging computer vision in store to understand things like out of stocks or incorrect products or pricing discrepancies, et cetera. Let's join a conversation with Barbara. That, you know, mm-hmm. when you start looking at, robots running around in stores and fixed cameras dropped from the ceilings or people coming in and taking pictures. I can't get enough people to actually stock the shelves. Now, how am I going to get people to come and take pictures? And then I think about this word that just sounds expensive, artificial intelligence. I mean, it just sounds expensive, right? So how do you justify that? How do you do the business justification to say this is an investment that you need to move forward?
1: Well, what I can also say is we have a value uh, assessment team uh, that consults for free to help with those business justifications. So we actually have a quite uh, detailed um, uh, ROI, return on investment uh, assessment. So it's based uh, based on annual revenues. It's based on the number of SKUs, categories, Frequency of images, uh, and then based on um, the numbers that we've proven with our with our customers. Uh, so for for instance, hang on, I'm just going to um, use my PowerPoint as a, a guide here, but I don't need to share this picture. Um, is we have uh, we have proven. Uh, up to five percent in increased sales, wow. and we, which is which is huge, uh, and 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 this is how we look at it as well. So from that, it's kind of a domino effect where it's a uh, when you have an increased planogram in compliance, and and we, we've got a recorded up to twenty three percent increase in that. Uh, then that uh, uh, correlates to an increased on-shelf availability or OSA. And we've proven up to 11% of that. And then that domino effect is in fact uh, your sales. So you can take a percentage and it is, it is accepted um, and embraced by retailers and consultants, a percentage uh of that uh if you take like a one percent osa that will equate to a certain percentage in sales Mm -hmm. and so and again there's lots to back that up that's not just barbara's idea and so i will say that is a key a key differentiator and and that's why too there's so many pilots going on because people want to say in my environment you know, in my categories or entire store, or whatever, you know, we have proven an increased OSA, you know, or an increased um, planogram. We also, from an optimized uh, labor. So, uh, so too, if we can say, hey, now that we have these prioritized work lists, uh, we don't ha- have to have. Uh, or or if we're using shelf cameras or robots, we don't need the labor to be doing that regular, I'll just say regular, whether it's daily, twice a day, weekly, doesn't matter. But that regular walk uh, of, of, as I mentioned earlier, shooting holes or gap scanning or whatever, that goes away. And then the people that are also going through checking prices, that goes away. So those are hard Hard dollar revenue. Um, another
0: let, let me let me interrupt you real quick because anytime you say reducing labor, people relate that to we're gonna automate people and get rid of people. I've never seen a retailer yet get rid of people because of this. What they do is they give them more meaningful tasks than doing doing, doing audits, which robots and things can do. Because there's always more work to be done in a retail store than you can possibly get in. So whenever you say reduce labor, just be clear for anybody listening to this, that doesn't mean get rid of people. It gives them more more empowering and hopefully customer-facing jobs or helping, you know, picking orders for customers or things like that, not just scanning a bunch of shelves.
1: It, 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 exactly. And I'm so yeah. glad you you pointed that out. Is a, As I mentioned earlier, they may have 100 employees, but they really do need 500. Yeah. <laughs> so. So that's where, again, we want them on customer facing or making sure that they're restocking because we don't, you know, we're, we're, we're. We're the brains, but we're not the arms and the hands. You know that—that's where we need—we need that help. So it's—it's it's definitely yeah. um, a collaboration between yep. the two, and that's why there's so much excitement. Yep. Now, the other thing from a business case perspective is um, what we have—that is unique—is uh, data monetization. So we have just stood up a shelf uh, product data monetization service. So with Symphony AI and I think the excitement about us being acquired about a year and a half ago is is we've just got this army of of people like the value assessment team for free to work through those uh, business justifications. But also there's a monetization team already uh, working with uh, and have has coaches working with retailers and CPGs for uh, loyalty data. So now we are adding the shelf data. We say store intelligence because we do displays and bunkers and all that kind of stuff. But but just to help decipher between what's typically known as data monetization and shelf uh, product data monetization. It's worthwhile. So when you've got the like the top 10 or 11 CPGs that have, you know, 1500 1500 sales reps, you know, these DSDs are just going to go do things on their own, you know, la la la. But For a tier two and a tier three, they don't have those sales forces, so they want to, they want to buy that data. And oh, by the way, um, even for the big guys, they still, there might be certain uh, areas, uh, whether it's a niche from a geography or demographic, that that data is still uh, worthwhile to them. And rather than having their own people or an auditor or broker, well, if I can just buy it, like I, I do from other data providers, uh, that's that's valuable and worthwhile to me. One, because as I showed that virtual visit, maybe I don't need to uh, visit a store quite as often and I as a CPG then can cut my travel expenses because now I'm getting a regular picture, whether that's daily, weekly, bi-monthly, monthly, whatever that, that frequency is. And so that's very exciting. That is new top line revenue, and uh, and a couple of our pilots right now. We, you have to do a pilot first to just to get the data to be able to socialize it um, with uh, with the different CBGs. Um, but then having that. It's 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 um it's launching those conversations. So the idea is not that that our solution costs anything at all. The the uh the plan is that it is a revenue generator.
0: Hmm. For the retailer.
1: For the retailer.
0: For the retailer, 100%. okay. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Got it. Excellent. Wow. Phew. There's a lot of stuff you got going on. <laughs> So so your primary customer, I guess, is a couple things, right? Number one, it's the retailer that wants this intelligence. But then you have to obviously collaborate very closely with the data collection folks, whether it's the fixed camera folks or the robotic companies, et cetera. Because I would assume for, for systemically collecting that data, every single day to every single shelf, et cetera capturing it with either a you know camera in the ceiling or fixed camera on the shelf or a robotic scan uh, is probably the probably the more preferred method would you think so who's your customer who is your customer I guess at the end of this
1: yeah and I'll I'll tell you the the uh the answer is all over the place because I okay. said you know retailers are are unique uh and here's what's interesting too is do you get trucks every day? Because if you don't get trucks every day uh, and there's not to action, it might might not make sense to have a daily picture it hmm. might make sense to have a weekly picture <laughs> or maybe if your trucks come two or three times a week cuz when we're talking about supply chain right let's you know follow that through and so so the the you don't want data for data's sake you really need to understand the entire ecosystem yeah. and then what's the sensibility in that you know the, the entire store cuz different categories uh have have much different velo- you know different velocities Absolutely. and that's what's kind of fun is you, you can, uh, you know, you can look at your stores and have that surgical approach in regard to, uh, as we said earlier, how you image capture then to be able to staff, to be able to act against Mm -hmm. that data so that you are, you know, always keeping customer satisfaction at the the forefront.
0: Yep. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, I guess one of the questions that I'd like to ask you is, you know, what have what what question have I not asked you that I should have? That's one of my favorite questions at the end. We got about 10 minutes left here. I want to make sure you know, I've asked you a lot of questions. It's been a conversation, which is really the way we wanted this to be. Uh, this is Matt's dream to be able to have not a bunch of PowerPoints, but a conversation about real retail on shelf availability challenges. Is there a question that I should have asked that I didn't?
1: I think it is, in fact, around so yes.
0: Okay. uh,
1: And I think it would be around define computer vision.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: (laughs) Because there are many solutions out there and they say computer vision and AI, but they don't have the ability um, to, in fact, recognize that product. They do a great job at, at recognizing hey, there's a hole here. Could be because of a misplaced item, but hey, there is a hole there and let's, and, uh, and that's good. That's goodness, but you can do better. Uh, by understanding what that product is and where, you know, better management and organization of the store by having true, what we call true computer vision. It just adds to the use cases because mm-hmm. I think that's also um, the difference. You know, a lot of times I, I, I say I feel like a grandma in this space because I've been in it <laughs> for five plus years and the speed at what it, which it moves, um, that is a super long time. Yeah. and uh, And just even, you know from five years ago compared to today the ability of of ai even just we were in a retailer um a couple of weeks ago and the aisles were were really narrow well you know in 2020 uh which is which is relatively recently they introduced negative zoom in in Mm. regard to to tablets and cameras so before negative zoom we wouldn't have been able to help that retailer but now it's no problem. Uh, and and so so with that, it, it's it's that understanding of how as a as a retailer or CPG, if I am going to explore and um, and potentially invest in this, I want to maximize the use cases and the and the only way to do that is to have that combination of AI. That's good. Prioritize lists, volumes of data, make sense of it true computer vision. I not only recognize a whole, but I recognize the product Honey Nut Cheerios to Cheerios and where it goes. Um, And optical character recognition, Mm. pricing, promotions. That's big to your point, as you mentioned earlier, Hey, I came in, it's Wednesday and you know, where is it? And then the other question, if I can say to maybe missed is, is how do I get started?
0: Mm. Okay. Uh, Barbara, how do I get started? (laughs)
1: Well, <laughs> um what uh what myself and my team would recommend is a pilot. Uh, and what I what I say is um is we recommend a crawl, walk, run approach. And as fast as AI is happening and with the kind of chaos that that snap or, or not snap chat yep. GPT yep. my my uh <laughs> Um, my daughter showed me that there was a Snapchat and chat GP. That's what was on the top of my head just oh, like a goodness. week ago. And I was like, what? So, you know, so now, now that that's caused like a flurry of, okay, I understand now what that means to me personally. So now I want to understand a pilot, how does it apply to your specific brand in your Pacific. So that then it's a, you know, it's it's not only a meet and greet. It's a okay, let's really understand your operations, your staffing, what systems you have, um, and how then does that work together in the entire supply chain? Because now this is the last piece, like I mentioned earlier, it's never previously been available before. So supply chain has just been blind. They've just been blind to the most important piece, me as a customer. What do I see? Right. So now that that's there, then we can understand in a pilot, which takes about three months, uh, that from start to finish, um, how this works. And then, two, how to make a defendable business justification for a rollout.
0: There's a word that you didn't say, and I was really happy about it. You ready for it? Oh, okay. Several words POC. Proof of concept. Uh, you didn't say that. And here's why I think you didn't say that. We don't need to prove that this works anymore. Somebody asked me to do a proof of concept with an RFID project. the other go. We've been doing this for 40 years. We know it works. The only question is, can we set up the right parameters in a pilot to figure out, you know, how do we make this work for you as a retailer? So thank you for not saying we'll do a POC. What you said was we'll do a pilot. I, and I think the. Crawl, walk, run analogy is a really good one in this kind of a space.
1: Yeah. And Um, I think it just makes every, we don't, we're so confident we don't have any hooks in it. Yeah. So if it doesn't work out for whatever reason, we just take our toys and and, and go home. So there's just really uh, no stress. It, it's all excitement. And then just to even be involved from an employee perspective, whether it's in the store or whether it's up the headquarters chain, oh my gosh, like everybody's like, oh, do I do I get this on my resume? Do I get this mm-hmm. experience? And it should be that exciting because there yeah. is so much to glean and to learn and how cool If your organization, you know, supports this exploration uh, to to understand how to continue to be fiscally responsible uh, to make your chain uh, as profitable as it can be starting with customer satisfaction. And so, yeah, we've had, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't sleep much at night because I start the day with London uh, and Germany and France and I end the day with uh, Beijing and Japan and uh, Australia. So it's uh, it's an exciting time uh, to be here. And I just uh, would love the opportunity to talk to as many as possible so they can, I, I always say seen is believed. Yep. Um, so that we can, um, uh, we can create more, uh, believers.
0: Yeah. Oh, this is awesome. Well, let, let me summarize this. Cause I had the, the good fortune of actually meeting and working with Sam Walden while he was still alive. And one of the things he said, and then it, it, this quote has been shared a lot of times, but customer is ultimately the boss. They can choose to hire us or fire us every day by choosing to spend their money with us or somewhere else. And number one factor I've heard of people walking away from a a retailer is front-end checkout experience takes too long, et cetera. The number two one is availability of product. Didn't find the product. I was coming to look for this. And after the third time of it not being there to heck with it, I'm leaving my basket. I'm going to the competitor. So and I do believe it's a two it's a two systems solution for most retailers. It's computer vision that you've been talking about, and I think for things like apparel and general merchandise and other stuff, you can run a camera, buy a, pa- a bunch of clothes, but I can't tell one from another. I think RFID plays a role there as well. So there's a two there's a two technology race to figure out how to leverage this stuff, and I think you guys are well positioned to do this. Barbara, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we will be podcasting. We will be broadcasting this on both Conversations on Retail and the Walton Supply Chain Center uh, in the next uh, couple of days. So, thank you very much for your time. Any closing comments that you'd like to make before I before we close out the podcast?
1: I just wanted to say thank you so much to you, Mike. I think this is such an exciting podcast that you have, and it's so relevant and timely um, with all these uh, technologies that are available. And it's so great uh, that you are taking the lead uh, to give us another uh, avenue or venue to continue to educate.
0: Yep, absolutely. Barbara, have a great weekend, audience. Thank you very much. We'll check you back with you uh, next time when we'll bring another conversations on retail and on-shelf availability. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Barbara Chase. Join us next time as we have another industry professional talking about the capability, process, people, and technology to drive on-shelf availability at retail. Have a great day.